this is an alarming trend all over America. They're shutting down dispersed camping areas to boondockers. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. Everybody, welcome to episode number 340 of the RV podcast being released April 14th, 2021. Topic of this one in our interview of the week coming up, the problem, the crisis really of so many areas being shut down to boondocking because, well, because of abuses. Stay tuned. You'll want to hear this report. Plus, we've got lots of RV news. We've got your questions. We've got a great off the beaten path report from the Burkitts. And much, much more on the RV Podcast. No matter what kind of an RV you have, this show is for you because here we celebrate the RV lifestyle and its many, many different facets. Well, we hope that you are somewhere in your RV right now or that you are at least making plans to go somewhere. And that's exactly what uh, we're going to be doing as soon as we finish this uh, recording, this episode, we are going to be packing the RV and we're taking off. My wife, lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer, joins us right now. You ready to go? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I said I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm not. I got to pack up. Yep. It's, you know, we got to, we're actually leaving our condo where we've been for uh, several weeks now. I think this is week six that we're on now. And we've been down here. Using it kind of as a base to explore, uh, so we got to empty the refrigerator in the condo. We rent it out in the summertime, so we got to get all of our stuff out of here and put in the RV. But we have a pretty good trip planned in the RV. I can't wait to hit the road. We do, and I mean, actually, we, I, today I just got the sofa and the chairs, had somebody come in and clean everything, so go, go, go. Yep, and we are going to go, go, go. We, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll have lots of reports as we, uh, as we get going for you to follow on uh, all of our social media platforms, be it uh, Facebook. For those of you who are supporters on our, our Facebook, Facebook RV Lifestyle supporters, you guys get kind of special access, so we'll have lots of photos. We're heading out, uh, once we finish recording this uh, podcast, uh, to, um, from Florida to Mississippi, and we're going to start uh, in Natchez, Mississippi, at the start of the Natchez Trace, which is this very awesome National Park-administered uh, road, roadway. It's a two-lane road, no truck traffic, no billboards, just a beautiful, beautiful drive, 440 miles up from Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville. We've done it the other direction, but we did it pretty hurried. Remember that year? It was Oh, yeah. So... This year, we are going to take our time, and we're going to start, and we're going to actually spend a couple of days in Natchez, which is really a fun little town that we have found. So we'll be there, uh, uh, the uh, Lord willing, Wednesday night, the, the day this uh, podcast airs. So we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, doing lots of social media updates and some live video. Giving everybody a warning that we're coming? Yeah, I'm giving them all a warning. <laughs> Look out. Yep, yep, do it's that. It's the Wondermobile. Yep, uh, so that's been fun. And we have enjoyed the the weather has uh, been pretty nice down here. Springtime, the flowers are blooming, the trees, uh, the deciduous trees are now back out again. 
Uh, the weather is, uh, at least in the panhandle, it's been uh, hitting 80 most a- afternoons, and uh, but that's not too bad. It's not it's not as hot and humid as it gets in, in uh, July, August. So we get out of here before it gets that hot. Right. I'm not a hot person. I don't like the hot weather. I prefer it a little bit cooler, but normally where we are, there's a breeze. I think you're pretty hot. <laughs> what else are you going to say? It's going to hit me now. Uh, let's, yeah, there, there has been a breeze. The uh, Gulf of Mexico has been pretty angry. We were uh, here Sunday and I actually played newsman again. I saw all these emergency vehicles coming. A family had gotten swept out in a rip current, uh, in the rough waves. They had, they had a red flag out, meaning, you know, dangerous surf. But, uh, this family had, it looked like a kid had gone out and then, Got in trouble. The rip took him out, uh, you know, maybe 100 yards from shore. He was kind of floundering around. And then the mom came out, and she got traced in it. And then a bunch of bystanders came, and there was like five or six of them out there frothing the water, you know. And emergency people came, and they brought in three of them. They took three to the hospital. And one of the uh, bystanders who tried to rescue, he had to get treated with some oxygen. Yeah, he looked in pretty rough shape. Because the problem, you know, when you go to rescue somebody who thinks they're drowning. They is, will stand on your head. They will drown you if you're not careful. So, um, but the lifeguards here were just did a great job. And uh, I ended up videotaping it. And then uh, the local news picked it up. One of the local stations, I think in Pensacola, picked it up. They did credit me. So Well, I'm glad they credited you. <laughs> you had to sharpen up your videoing. Yeah, I don't do enough video. Yeah, right? yeah. A bit. So. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have a lot of video on our trip to Natchez. We'll also be on our Instagram. Just follow us at RV Lifestyle Mike on Instagram, RV Lifestyle Mike. And uh, like I say, are those who are special supporters of ours from our Facebook supporters group, uh, we'll, we'll give you some extra stuff. We might even do a, a supporters-only live stream. We probably will do our Sunday night Ask Us Anything live broadcast, the weekly one we do for everybody, somewhere along the trace, the Natchez trace, assuming we have good internet. Hopefully we'll have good internet, and uh, we can do that. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, it should be a lot of fun. Hey, we got lots of news for you coming up in just a second, but first let me just say that this part of the podcast uh, every week is brought to you by Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. Summer's here almost, and Camping World has everything that RVers need to get on the road and explore. You can go to CampingWorld.com. You can get 10% off your purchase of 99 bucks. by the way, if you use the uh, coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10. Put it all in caps, RVLIFESTYLE10. They'll, they'll take uh, 10% off. But uh, if, you, if you can stop by a store in person, it makes it even easier they have all the essentials you need, either online or at one of their many stores across the country. Uh, camping chairs, fire pits, electrical accessories, all the must-have gadgets, water regulators, whatever you need. We always find we need something, so we try and stop at Camping World since we travel. Uh, we love visiting. We kind of think of them as an oasis on the, uh, on the road. And they're very dog-friendly, so we get to bring Bo in there. Bo likes camping there. Uh, so they have a great selection, everything you need, just go check them out. They also have top-notch service centers. If your RV needs some work as you're driving around, make sure your RV's in good shape. Have them check it out at Camping World. And again, don't forget, if you go to CampingWorld.com, anything you buy over $99, you can get 10% off if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 at checkout. That's RVLIFESTYLE10. Check them out. 
campingworld.com. News. Mike's got news. RV news. Travel news. Inside information and trends that shape the RV lifestyle. Here's the RV news of the week. Camping this year in an Iowa state park is going to cost a bit more as Iowa joins many other state-run park systems in raising its camping fees to cover increased costs. Iowa is implementing a four-tier price system. State parks that get little use will not have a fee increase, but state parks that are very popular drawing campers from other states will see camping costs for a full electric water sewer site go from 19 to 26 a night. This is the first campsite price increase in 20 years. It seems that everybody in the RV lifestyle knows that most Walmart parking lots permit campers to stay overnight for free. I think that was the when we first started the RV lifestyle. It was it was more than nine years ago now. It wasn't didn't our, our first night? Didn't we spend? It was close to one of our first nights, if not the first night, was spent in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, uh, and it was great. It was great. Since then, we've stayed at Walmarts across the country, as many of you have. And uh, it's interesting. There was a story that we read uh, from the magazine Road Trippers that had an interesting article last week uh, by an author exploring the variety of RVs overnighting at Walmart lots and how unlikely a location that has become. But nevertheless, it is like America's uh, common gathering spot for all of the cities and communities. And it, and it is, I read that and I got to thinking, and you guys who've stayed there probably have recognized this too. It's like there's a 24 hour cycle to it. There's people there, they cruise, they neighbors connect with each other. Uh, kids hang out there. Uh, sometimes there's some other elements that you don't like that hang out there, but it is like the, the central gathering spot, the Walmart parking lot. I hope it always stays available. Yeah, it, well, man, was, the company wants it. The company, because most, uh, they've done a survey, and something like 80% of all the RVers uh, go and um, go and buy something in there. Right. So it's great for them. Sam Walton loved to RV. He loved to make his, his uh, overnight camping. But in the places that you can't camp in a Walmart lot, it's not the Walmart's problem. It's the city. Uh, around, oh, maybe 10 years ago and up until just a few years ago, a lot of campgrounds were really resentful that uh, people were spending the night free at a Walmart instead of spending 50 bucks a night at their campground. So they, they began this very aggressive campaign of lobbying uh, town committees, town councils, and uh, giving them draft resolutions, claiming that these uh, people who were camping overnight in Walmart were unsafe or that it was uh, it was affecting it was causing dangers and what they were mad about is that people were spending you know five six hours sleeping in a parking lot rather than spending fifty bucks to sleep in a campground for just a few hours. But I think as the camping boom increased, that complaint from local small little campgrounds kind of eased, and uh, and I don't think anybody begrudges Walmart camping too much, but. A lot of this is, is predicated on that movie Nomad Life that is out there. It's kind of a fictional account, but it has a lot of real people who, and it's kind of a dark movie. It, it paints a rather negative picture. It just sort of concentrates on those who, you know, who are camping in their RVs because they 
they can't afford a house or they, you know, they're, they're kind of right on the edges of society. Uh, that's not most of whom the campers and RVs are now, you know that, but um, the movie seemed to, it, it was kind of a quirky little movie and I, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to recommend it. I think it was kind of dark, but uh, anyway, lots of attention to Walmart camping lots as the gathering spot for the cities and communities of uh, rural America today. Anyone wanting to visit Yosemite National Park this summer will, meet, will need to get a timed reservation to do so, as Yosemite joins other national parks seeking to limit visitors because of COVID concerns. The new rules is in effect from May 21st to September 20th, and anyone arriving without a reservation will be turned away. Rocky Mountain and Glacier National Parks announced similar plans recently, and Mike and I wouldn't be surprised to see more national parks following suit. Yeah, Acadia has also done the show up in Maine. They've done the same thing with uh, advanced reservations to get in to the park. Speaking of national parks, National Park Week kicks off this Saturday, uh, April 17th. All national parks in the country offering free admission on that day. National Park Week runs April 17th through the 25th. It's a week set aside every year to celebrate the national parks. Every day of the week, various groups will be celebrated, such as the volunteers, the military, uh, junior rangers. Um, the activities planned at every park will vary, but if you're planning to be near a national park during the week, it's well worth uh, checking ahead to see what's planned. We keep seeing more and more reports about public camping areas being filled for pretty much the rest of 2021 camping season. The latest comes from Colorado's stunning Gunnison County. The reservation system for campgrounds within the area is now 99% full. That represents 1,534 total reservations for 26 campsites beginning July 15th and running for 59 days through Labor Day. Some areas in the area reported a 300% increase last year, and 2021 is on track to surpass e even that. In short, there are no boondocking spots available in the area. All the dispersed camping spots in the region have been turned into designated reservation spots, and those spots were all booked by March 1st. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about the closing of boondocking spots across the country coming up in our interview of the week. This part of the podcast brought to you by peaceofmindforrvs.com. It's all one word, peaceofmindforrvs.com. It's an emergency transportation coverage solution that we've been telling you about for the last few weeks that pays 100% of all ambulance charges by ground, by air, anywhere. Now, why is this important? Well, you know emergencies are scary. Uh, emergencies away from home can be even more scary, but they can also leave you in financial ruin. When it comes to an ambulance by ground or air, you might be surprised to know that your insurance may not cover it. Uh, if your insurance company deems that ambulance trip um, medically unnecessary, they're not going to cover it. It isn't even up uh, to the EMT who maybe uh, comes upon the scene, the emergency, and says this, this person needs to get transported ASAP by ambulance. Um, it is only up to the insurance company. And 
get this, one out of every seven ground ambulances gets denied. Air ambulances, due to the Deregulation, Deregulation Act of um, 1978, they're not classified as ambulance. They're classified as a common carrier and not a medical expense, which makes an air ambulance one of the most denied claims by insurance companies. Now, the good news is that you can go to peaceofmindforrvs.com and you can make sure that if you need an air ambulance, you don't get stuck with the average $50,000 plus bill. 50 grand for an air ambulance. That's the average Peace of mind for RVs.com provides emergency transportation coverage. It covers a hundred percent of all ground ambulances, air ambulances, and a slew of additional benefits like return home service, recuperate close to home, visitor transportation, vehicle return. They'll bring your RV back and more. You'll also have the ultimate peace of mind with this coverage because you are covered anywhere. You don't have to be in your RV. You don't have to be away on a trip. You're covered in your permanent home. You're covered on the road with or without your RV, even if you're in your passenger vehicle. If you tent camp, you're covered there too and worldwide. Um, I can't suggest it strong enough. Uh, check it out. We're members. Jennifer and I joined. Uh, Peaceofmindforrvs.com. That's the address. Peaceofmindforrvs.com. Questions? You've got them. Mike and his network of RV reporters have the answers. Here's one of our questions of the week. Hi, Mike and Jen. Thanks for answering this question. We are from the West Coast, planning on doing some traveling along the East Coast, and uh, we've been looking at toll road passes. Uh, specifically, if you know anything about the Easy Pass, we're going to be in the East Coast and Upper East Coast. So uh, what kind of toll pass works best for RVs? And we'll be towing a, uh, a Jeep behind our Class A motorhome. So thanks. Maybe you can give us a little more information on toll passes and how you guys handle tolls, tolls while you travel the U.S. Thank you. Okay. Um, we do have uh, the EZ passed. And I want to uh, stress it's E-Z, the two letters, E is in Edwards, Z is in Zebra, E-Z pass, because a lot of people get confused. There's one in Florida called the E-Pass, and that's different. That's only for Florida. But the E-Z pass is one uh, that covers uh, 17 states, and most of them in the Northeast, from um, North Carolina to Maine, west into Illinois, and uh, in Florida, only on the Central Florida Expressway Authority, and th that road, those roads are in uh, near Orlando during Metro near Metro Orlando. The rest of Florida's toll roads are a different system, and they don't cover it. But you said you're going to be traveling mostly along the East Coast, and the Easy Pass is the best solution for you there. However, um, there is another pass that you may want to consider. And we've, uh, we've actually done a podcast episode on it uh, probably a year or so ago. It's called the RV Toll Pass. And the address is rvtollpass.com. So you should check that out, rvtollpass.com. It's a company that sells RVers a transponder, kind of like the little device that EasyPass has. You put it on your windshield and you just go right through the toll gates. 
Now, RVTollPass.com claims that they cover 97% of all of the toll roads in all of the U.S. Um, that use that interoperable electronic tolling technology. And uh, so they have a list on it. You can check them out their site, RVTollPass.com. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty good thing. Um, I have not used it in the West we have used easy pass, which we have, they charge you f- about 15 bucks a month to, uh, to be a member of that. Uh, and then, um, that you only charge that when you are traveling toll roads. So if you don't go anywhere for a year, you're not going to be charged anything. You're not gonna be charged the 15 bucks. It's only when you're traveling. So that's not a bad deal. And they've got different models, uh, one for motorhomes with three axles and then one with two axles. And then they have another one with uh, that you'd want to look at because you're towing something. Uh, it's two axle with tow vehicles. Um, so you need to check that out. Same with Easy Pass. But uh, we really like having the toll pass. Um, I do have the Easy Pass on ours. Uh, and we don't really travel toll roads much at all. Uh, we don't uh, use the ones out in the West Coast. We do hit the Ohio Turnpike and the Illinois Turnpike and Indiana Turnpike from time to time. And uh, that's about the only ones we use. But uh, it's been handy to have because you don't have to pull up and stop, come to a complete stop. You usually can just kind of roll right on through. Hey, fellow travelers, want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number, 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. Hey, I want to talk about another question that we get um, asked a lot. It has to do with RV covers. And people are saying, why do I want an RV cover? When do I need an RV cover? And um, I want to tell you about EmpireCovers.com. They're a, a new sponsor of the podcast. And these guys make a really nice quality cover for your RV. And they suggest that if you are not using your RV for extended periods of time, a week or two, that you may want to give some serious consideration, even in the summertime, of putting on a cover. Certainly in the winter, when it's in storage, you want a good quality cover on it. EmpireCovers.com uh, makes uh, just a whole bunch of different covers that will fit whether you have an RV, a travel trailer, a camper. Um, they can protect all your vehicles. Uh, these covers um, protect you from bugs and rain and mud and pollen. And those are all things that can really damage the exterior of your RV in the summertime. And of course, in the wintertime, when it's sitting there and leaves and debris can accumulate up on the roof, this cover really protects the surface of your RV. And they can end up damaging your, your vehicle if you don't have a good cover on it. So check them out. Uh, they have a special 15% discount that they're offering uh, listeners to the podcast. If you go to empirecovers.com, use the co- promo code RV Lifestyle. Put it all in caps. RV Lifestyle is the promo code. And it's empirecovers.com. Um, just great advice to protect 
the things you love. They can do the same with your car, your boat, anything else, but uh, particularly for your RV, EmpireCovers.com. Don't forget, get 15% off by using the promo code RV Lifestyle. Time now for the RV Podcast Interview of the Week. Interesting, entertaining, and helpful information about the RV lifestyle. Here's Mike with this week's interview. Well, as Jennifer reported in our News of the Week just a couple minutes ago, uh, across the country, officials are closing down boondocking areas in many areas because of growing problems with vandalism, with litter, uh, human waste, uh, too much traffic in and out. You can blame it on uh, a combination of things, homeless encampments, one big cause in some areas, particularly in uh, in what were once dispersed camping areas near major cities. Uh, but uh, another big group is just inconsiderate campers, many of them newbies who just don't know camping etiquette, uh, but basically people who fail to clean up after themselves or keep clean campsites. And the result's the same. Frustrated state, federal, local officials who are in charge of public lands uh, that were once open to dispersed camping are just throwing up their hands and saying, that's it, we're shutting them down, rather than, than what they uh, perceive as a, a losing battle. Um, they're just shutting these areas down. And it's happening almost every week we're hearing about it. The people who lose the most, of course, are those who like to boondock in a wilderness area, uh, campers who do follow the rules, but now are finding themselves with fewer and fewer places to enjoy off-the-grid camping. Uh, if you check out our uh, rvlifestyle.com travel blog, uh, you'll see an article, an accompanying article with this podcast that uh, lists uh, several stories that uh, kind of give you a, a perspective of how common this is becoming, that officials are just saying, we can't clean it up fast enough, we're shutting it down. Um, we wanted to get a little more perspective on this. So in this episode, in our interview of the week, we're talking to um, a friend of ours named Kyle Brady, who is the publisher of Drivin' and Vibin', the website. Uh, Kyle has been closely tracking uh, the growing list of closing uh, boondocking locations. And uh, he's kind of specialized in uh, free camping sites and all of his coverage. And this is a, a major concern of his. And so we asked if Kyle would come on the program and, uh, and help us get a handle on the problem of dispersed camping and boondocking sites being shut down. Kyle Brady joins us right now. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Very good, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, well, Kyle, you are the guy when it comes to finding free camping spots in all these dispersed spots. You've been a specialist in that. And uh, I know you are disturbed and have been keeping track. They're shutting down boondocking. What, what's going on? We have seen so many reports over the last six months and even more specifically in like the last three months of these sites getting shut down indefinitely. And uh, it's just becoming a problem because so many more people are out there on the road. And I guess these sites are seeing more usage than they've ever seen before. I get email, and I bet you do too, from people saying, quit telling everybody where to go boondocking. And and is, is that part of the problem? I don't know. Well, yeah, you know what? I get those same emails. And uh, no, nothing that we share isn't available on like Campendium or free campsites. So there are huge resources out there. And that is part of the problem, that everyone 
now knows about free camping. But to me, uh, it is all of our land. It's government land that's paid with for tax dollars, and it's it's there for us to recreate on. So I don't, I by no means think we should keep it a secret to people because people should be encouraged to go out there and camp and connect with nature. But I feel like there are a few points that are being missed seriously, and that's teaching people proper etiquette, whether that's the manufacturers or the dealers kind of teaching them what it is, uh, what boondocking etiquette is. But then also we see like this huge homelessness problem across America. That's mm. a totally different issue when it comes to uh, these sites being closed down, but that affected equally. Where are these sites being shut down and, and what are they shutting them down for? I've read all sorts of horror stories about what they find when some of these people leave. Totally. We've seen a lot of these shut down kind of on the western side of the U.S. and Utah, Nevada, Arizona. These are where we're seeing them happen at a much faster rate. They're getting shut down for misuse and basically littering. So that's one of the biggest things. You see mattresses, you see, you know, in the worst case scenario, human waste, but also, you know, just signs that no one cleaned up their campsite is one of the biggest reasons why people are, or why the government's closing down these campsites. But um, in the, even as east, Eastern as Natchez, Mississippi is where we've seen some closures happen, uh, most popularly at the Natchez Visitor Center, which is a huge spot for boondockers who are traveling across the country to stop at because they were offering free water, free power, and you're sitting up on this bluff overlooking the Mississippi River. It's beautiful. Uh, but, you know, now it's been shut down to overnight camping just because misuse, too much trash. Guess where, guess where I'm going to be when Tell me. <laughs> Natchez, <Where>? Mississippi. <laughs> I hope you're not planning Natchez to stay is, there. No, I'm not going to stay there. Uh, and it wasn't on my list. I knew that they shut it down. But yeah. uh, uh, now that problem in some of them seem to be more tied to homelessness, people living in cars. Uh, we've seen at the Ocala National Forest in Florida, um, folks uh, sleeping under tarps on mattresses oh, yeah. long term, yeah. uh, sort of homeless encampments. How much of these are from from that? Do you do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say at least fifty percent, if not more, of the ones that we're seeing being shut down, it's because of this homelessness issue. Usually these are areas that are located, you know, within one to three miles from a small town. This way, the you know, people without a home can camp out there, but they can still have access to a town. But obviously, this causes the boondocking sites to be shut down. So uh, it's hard to address that issue because it, no RVer could fix that issue. Uh, so it's not, you know, the responsibility the, the RVers are still having proper etiquette, but these sites are still being shut down because of the homelessness issues. So that's I, rather than focusing on those, I like to focus on the ones that are out in the middle of the desert that are being shut down because people are partying out there and there's just broken glass everywhere, you know? Uh, so that's, that, that is the problem with the homelessness though. It is, but uh, ha at least half though, are oh my people who are out there camping. We we did a we were up in uh, along uh, the Lake Michigan shoreline uh, early this fall, and one of the federal dispersed camping sites they closed it up early because somebody had gone in and just trashed it, left their fire burning, and oh. uh, this walked away. Fortunately, the rangers saw it and was able to put it out. Um, what what how do RVers handle all this? Obviously, uh, let's assume that most RVers 
And most boondockers are pretty responsible people. It's kind of like totally. pet owners, you know, only a few yeah. pet owners cause a problem. But what can we do as our viewers when we're in a boondocking area and we see this going on or evidence of it? Yeah. So, I mean, a few things we can do, obviously leave no trace. I imagine everyone listening to this podcast is leaving no trace because they are responsible campers. The next thing we can do is leave it better than we found it. So that means bringing an extra trash bag in. And I know it's a crummy job sometimes to pick up someone else's trash, but it does do a lot for the camping community to keep these campsites open. And honestly, the third thing that we can do is report incidents when we see it happening. If we see an encampment that's been there for well over two weeks, it's important to at least make the rangers aware of that. They probably already are, but if they hear enough people reporting that, they'll hopefully do something about it before a site gets closed down. And the other issue that uh, is out there is extend is people overstaying the 14 day limits. Is yes. that is that showing up in some of these places as well? Are you hearing concerns about that? Some concerns about that, uh, you know, and usually, again, it goes back to the homelessness side of it. Most campers, most travelers don't want to stay anywhere longer than 14 days. So as far as RVers go, it's not a problem on that end of it. But just the homelessness side of it is where we're where, where we see that. You know, uh, just kind of a, a slightly different aspect out there, but you must be seeing it at Driving and Vibing as well. So many people say, I'm going to go full time. I'm going to sell everything and go full time. Yep. And they haven't really, one of our concerns is they don't really, they haven't really counted the cost of all of that. Ah, uh, yes. Are, uh, and and they get out there, they encounter maybe a little frustration finding a campsite, and they leave, or they're out there, and their money's run, their money runs out, and they boondocking is all they have. Mm -hmm. uh, how does the industry handle that? I mean, the industry is selling RVs and selling yes. them like crazy. There's some responsibility there, I think, isn't there, to educate people about this? Totally, it is one of the most frustrating things. I mean, so. On LinkedIn, that's, you know, I like to go on LinkedIn to see what the industry's up to. It's where we can see, uh, you know, what the people at Winnebago, Forest River, all the brands are doing. And all I see day after day is celebrating how many RVs they're selling. And I think that's great for their business. And it's awesome that people want to get out there and explore. But there seems to be no education piece on, you know, the etiquette of using an RV or that it, most of these aren't even built to be used full time. So there needs to be an education piece that the manufacturers or at the very least, the dealers are taking that ownership and, you know, explaining to people that this uh, 17,000 travel dollar travel trailer you're buying is not made to be lived in full time. It's meant to be used for weekend trips. And if you use it full time, it's going to wear out in four months. And that's going to be a problem because your warranty won't even be covered likely if they know you're using it full time. So definitely education needs to happen. And I think we'll all be better positioned. Well, I, I think a lot of that is going to have to fall on people like you, Kyle Brady, from Driving and Vibing, us and other influencers out there, because uh, people are not getting any education from the dealers or from the industry. I, I hate to knock <laughs> the industry, but that's it's true. And I think we have to step up and sort of explain the realities of it. Uh, it's it's not all glamour, and there are challenges. And uh, one of them is uh, you can't go live on BLM land for six months out of the year, and yeah. uh, you, you got to clean up. Kyle that, Brady, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
Oh, sorry. Go, go I was ahead. just going to say, and it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of avid boondockers like to celebrate how long they've been boondocking for. You know, we boondocked for six months straight. And that's awesome for like 1% of people who just have unlimited solar and they know how to do it. But that's not reality for most people. That, that would be a stretch, you know, to do anything more than six days for most people. Like you, we are big advocates of boondocking. It's our favorite way of camping. But there is no way that I'm going to go do boondocking for even over a couple of weeks. If if that, I'll find a, I'll find someplace else. And and I guess we got to do that reality check. But meantime, back to what we're talking about. They're shutting down boondocking, and if uh, it, it's it's some of it's our problem as RVers, some of it's not. But we need to be aware of that and uh, go out of the way to be responsible for it. Uh, Kyle, uh, tell everybody how they can uh, follow you and uh, learn more about free places to stay and your awesome driving and vibing yeah. site. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, totally. Just driving and vibing. Type it in Google. You'll find something or any social media platform driving and vibing. No G's, you know, driving and vibing. Because that's and we should we tell for people. We should tell people for all that that uh, Kyle is a musician. And I just asked him before we started, how's the music coming? And he's too busy yeah. for the music. but uh, Too busy for the uh, music now, but we do have an album out there. And the album is, uh, many of the songs are about our favorite boondocking spots. All right. Driving and vibing. Check it out. Kyle Brady, our guest. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me today. All right. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries. Battleborn is the maker of quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries. We've been talking about boondocking. That's why you need Battleborn Batteries, because uh, their motto is uh, get out there, stay out there. And that's that's their mission, to provide RV batteries made with the highest quality lithium iron phosphate technology at the fairest price that will let you have sustained adventures off the grid with batteries that offer better performance, charge faster, charge fuller, are longer lasting, maintenance free. Those are lithium batteries. And the team of battery experts at uh, Battleborn, they've got a number of different lithium solutions for just about any kind of RV out there, whether it's a Class A, C, or B, motorhome, travel trailer, fifth wheel, cab over camper. Don't worry, they are experts in all of these RVs and they offer different size 12 volt lithium deep cycle models that can drop into the existing space for your batteries on whatever RV you have. You, you need just to contact them. Uh, go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Know that they uh, protect their batteries with a 10-year guarantee. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Time now for Off the Beaten Path, a unique RV podcast travel suggestion you probably won't find in a guidebook. Here's Mike. This week's Off the Beaten Path report has correspondents Tom and Patty Burkett visiting a cemetery down south hey jennifer and mike for more than a year now we've been hunkered down close to home most of us at least riding out a wave of disease called covid 19. during that time we've also had a bit of an education on similar national experiences like the spanish flu of 1918 and then as now much of the information being passed around the disease was of questionable value Yellow fever plagued the Gulf Coast from the time settlers arrived, and Southerners had their precautions and remedies to deal with it. As the Civil War loomed, then arrived, residents of Natchez, Mississippi firmly believed that only the advancing Northerners would be struck down by the disease. Union troops, on the other hand, had been schooled in the disease and practiced careful sanitation and quarantine procedures. As a result, 
Though nearly half the adult population of Natchez was struck down by the disease during the war, few of them were among the boys in blue. We had occasion to learn all this because our first stop in Natchez was the Visitor Information Center, where they offered us an audio tour of the graveyard. So it was we discovered one of the victims of yellow fever during this time, an 11-year-old girl named Florence Irene Ford. Not much is known about her except that she was very afraid of storms. When thunder and lightning made an appearance, she fled to her mother's bed and hid under the covers until the skies cleared. Her mother felt a duty to comfort her at these times. When little Florence died of the fever, Mother Ellen fretted about just what would happen when storms passed over and Florence was six feet in the ground. Who would comfort her then? Florence was buried and, ever vigilant, Ellen had a stairway installed next to the grave. At the bottom was a glass window that looked into the coffin. At the top were metal doors that could be closed against the weather. Now when the storms threatened, Ellen could take a book and a lantern, close the doors above her, and sit by her daughter until the storm passed. Years later, when she was dying, Ellen instructed that an angel should be carved and left at the top of the stairway to look over little Florence after she was gone. And so it is today. There in the cemetery you can walk down the stairs if you wish, though the window has been bricked up. Like many others, you can leave a token of remembrance or comfort for Florence, though we weren't sure how comforting a string of Mardi Gras beads or a Bic lighter actually is. And think back on the yellow fever epidemic and a mother's love. Be careful when you come. Our 19-foot van just barely made many of the tight, narrow turns inside the Natchez Cemetery, and we once had to back out a road to avoid an overhanging live oak tree. Still, even without the extraordinary grave of Florence Irene Ford, you'll find wrought iron and azaleas, elaborately carved tombstones and memorials, all here waiting patiently for you off the beaten path. It's part of the RV podcast brought to you by Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,000 wineries, farms, microbreweries, and attractions. You know how hard it is to find a reservation in the campground these days. Harvest Hosts have many locations all across the country where you can overnight for free. Now, there's a slight fee to join Harvest Hosts, but you recover that, uh, which you save uh, from having to stay in a campground. And you stay in some really fantastic locations. Now, check it out. Uh, Harvest Hosts can save you a bunch of money. And you need to go to rvlifestyle.com slash HH to learn more. rvlifestyle.com slash HH. And one of the things you will learn that if you follow our link to join Harvest Hosts, you can save 15% off the annual membership fee. Uh, if you've not joined Harvest Host, please at least go check them out. It's uh, one of our favorite places uh, to stay as we travel the country. It's one of the reasons that we can take off and are sure that we're going to find a spot every night. Thanks to Harvest Host. You check them out yourself. RVLifestyle.com slash HH. What's happening? Time now to check the RV calendar of events and gatherings you need to know about. All right, uh, here's a few of them. Uh, April 16th through the 18th at the Bell County Expo Center in Belton, Texas. It is the heart of Texas RV show, April 16th through the 18th. The, uh, this is a virtual event coming up. It's the second annual Hit the Road 
RV Summits put on by our friends uh, Mark and Julie Bennett from RV Love. And they have 30 different presenters uh, who will be uh, talking about hitting the road in 2021. And you can uh, attend that virtually uh, April 24th and the 25th. Just go to hittheroadrvsummit.com. That's all one word, hittheroadrvsummit.com. And it's April 24th and 25th. And you do that from your computer or your smartphone. June 10th through the 13th, in person, it's the Tampa Bay Summer RV Show at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa, Florida. August 12th through the 15th, it is the Midwest RV Super Show at the RV Motorhome Hall of Fame in Elkhart, Indiana, August 12th through the 15th. And that wraps up another episode of the RV Podcast with Mike and Jennifer Wendland. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and the best way to stay connected is to subscribe to the RV Podcast. We're in all the popular podcast apps, and you can also listen on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Till next time, happy trails, fellow travelers. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope that you, as we said at the very beginning, that you are either on the road or planning a trip yourself. And if you pass us on the road, be sure and honk your horn and say hello. Right. I had better get to work and start packing so we can make this happen. All right, everybody. See you next week. Thanks so much. Don't forget RVLifestyle.com. New content every day. Bye-bye. Happy trails.